0: Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today we are joined by an incredible barista. Yes. we are joined by Brandon Luthy, and hey. he works at Lionheart in uh, in Beaverton. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. are so stoked to have you on the show today, yeah. um, Dad. We were just talking about this right before the podcast, but how did you how did you two meet? That's a good question,
1: Brandon. What's your version of it? Yeah, so uh,
2: we um, had originally met through Kevin. Um, Before, or I guess in the beginning of my coffee journey, I was managing um, a little shop at my college at George Fox. And and so we uh, used Caribbean coffee and then um, I would start coming in all the time. And then after I graduated, um, I got a job there doing the coffee deliveries, um, helped a little bit in the tasting room, helped a little bit in production. Um, yeah, and then uh, Paul and I just kind of started geeking out. About coffee, <laughs> and then I, just, I remember that part. I just kind of went downhill from there. So. Da- whoa. whoa <laughs> and Brandon,
0: how long have you been baristing for coffee, or like being a coffee barista? Huh? Um,
2: I think I've been in coffee since 2012, so about six years, I believe. Now. Wow. Um, Yeah, I had originally gotten my start in um, a little cafe in San Francisco called Grand Coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, It was amazing. It was uh, a shop about the size of this room, (laughs) like 8 by 10, Wow. Um, and pretty much everything was to go, and uh, the owner was a bartender for about 12 years, and so um, he took all of his bartending skills, applied it to coffee, and so as far as like uh, customer service it was incredible because you really knew how to talk to everyone there you Mm -hmm. know and so um it really became like the hub of the neighborhood so so, yeah and then uh, i was there for about four or five months and then came back up to uh, george fox managed to shop for a little bit um i learned a lot during that time of like how not to do things (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then uh and then i started working at caravan and then at symposium i was there for Three years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was there as a brista, and then I started managing that. The uh, the or or I was an assistant manager for both shops in uh, Sherwood and Tigard. and then uh, took like two year break from coffee, and then um, I started working at Line Heart on the weekend. So. Well, today we want to dive into coffee, the
0: basic parts of an espresso machine. Maybe there's some people who haven't like actually. Name put a name to all the parts. There's so many parts. There's a group head, the pressure gauge, boilers, steam arm, tamper, filter basket. Oh, and it's that's more. a lot. I mean, I mean, that's just a basic yeah, kind of run through. But the, I guess, the first part I think about is what coffee comes out of, and that's the portafiller and the head. Are there different? Are, are there a lot of different variants between coffee machines and like the head or the quality of that head?
2: Or you, you know, I, I, I mean, yes and no. I, I mean, you can um, have... So I guess like in terms of like, so you can have different kinds of portafilters. Um, uh, I don't remember the exact name, but Walmart um, Zucco, <clears throat> uh, I think there's standard portafilters made out of brass, and then it's got um, a chrome coating over it. Hmm. But you can buy an upgrade that's just a straight steel, and that's the one that really helps you improve your coffee consistency interesting uh, just because it holds the temperature a little bit better but then also um you can have like a pretty mediocre machine but i think the most important thing is going to be your grinder mm-hmm. you know because if you have oh, a good preach grinder it, preach it yeah <laughs> 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 because then you know because then like um if if your grind has better consistency mm-hmm. then that's going to improve your um and that's going to improve your espresso you, you know this is I mean, that's kind of um, something that um, I've always heard. but then also, I've also found out through experience is that Mm. um, what's going to make the biggest difference in your coffee, like, regardless of what kind of method you're using, it's going to be your grinder. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
1: And there's there's two other givens in there, too, that we we love our coffee. So we sort of assume everyone knows this Mm -hmm. fresh coffee. We've talked about that before and we will talk about it again mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and which then the grind comes into there and in the water too what sort of water oh, yeah. are you using that's yeah. gonna make a huge how much is water is in an espresso i mean
2: the I, I, you know i guess like the like standard for um, uh, um espresso is one part uh espresso two parts water right mm-hmm. that's yeah. what i'd say yeah, yeah. yeah. today yeah yeah,
0: yeah. And so it's incredible, even the quality of the water, mm-hmm. the quality of the grind, mm-hmm. the metal or the material mm-hmm. in the head. Mm-hmm. The and temperature the, and of the water. Just, is that's sunny. all just a small part. The mm-hmm. pressure, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I didn't even think about until um, you got here this morning, Brandon, was the, the tamp. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just didn't think about it. Right. But you were saying, obviously, like the, the portafilters have different sizes. So right. the tamps have different sizes uh-huh. diameters yeah. right but the, also the tamps have different styles right um what style do you typically or what do you have your own tamps that you that you bring I, to work or do you I, use no, one
2: so we, we just have the one um that is at lineheart but it's just like a standard uh, um um it's just flat you know mm-hmm. it's gotcha. really like it's you know until um, as long as it fits the size of your filter, mm-hmm. then i think that's what's important but then also you have some that have the concave bottom Mm. um i saw some it's like um, a kick yeah it's um, a kickstarter uh it's got some needles in it to essentially like aerate your coffee um the same way that you would um alan you know just um
0: That's crazy. I yeah. want one of those. I know.
2: Um, <laughs> for my lawn. me <laughs> outside tamping
0: the lawn. i do be a little tedious. But okay. Like what? Like Well, go. And they also come in different weights as well. Yeah. And different handles and different mm-hmm. things. Because... What's the, and this might be getting off in the weeds a bit, but what are you looking for when you're tamping? Is it 30 pounds of pressure or?
2: I I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of general rule of thumb. As long as everyone, I mean, if you're in a shop, I think as long as everyone is doing it the same, Mm. you know, because that way everyone... Um, can jump on the espresso machine and you know and it's the exact same product you know right yeah. well and that's
0: a good point too like especially in like a, a cafe or shop there's so many variables in just the different people mm-hmm. who are using those mm-hmm. machines let alone the limitless variables mm-hmm. of the coffee in the
2: machine <laughs> yeah exactly back to um to uh, the question I think for like camping like I mean really like um, I really I don't know I think it's just like is one of the things that really just makes it special because you can like, mm. if you love your tamper, mm. then you feel more connection to the coffee, you know, as you know, as opposed to just like the standard plastic or, or aluminum one without much character. But then mm. you have one with like wood handle. I think to me, like that just gives it a lot of character and you mm-hmm. have more connection. But, yeah, you know, I mean, that's just me.
1: I remember I have to point out here that a while back when Rand and I were nerding out and doing other things as well, I remember he gave me as a gift once a Kent Tampa. It has this incredible wood it's handle. It's super cool. I still have it, use it today, and I agree with you. So there's this emotional attachment to the person possibly mm-hmm. too, but also to
0: making the coffee It just makes it more personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, 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 this might sound cliche, but I feel like it's – well, it's not. But the more uh, appreciation you have for the equipment – and mm-hmm. the, the 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 things you're using to make that coffee i think that you can taste that in the coffee because you're going to care more about when you're tamping right. you're going to mm-hmm. focus more on those those pieces um, whereas if you just have like the cheapest things and you're like i don't really care it makes mm-hmm. bad coffee anyway yeah. you're going to be less less careful i guess in a sense um, whereas if you buy it an expensive tamper or a nice one you're going to look up and say hey how do right. i use this what do yeah. i do it for
2: i mean not to say that like you you have to buy nice. I right. think um I, um I think you can perfectly enjoy what you have at home, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but but then like there are a lot of small modifications you can do, to you know. I mean, like at the very least, get all of your stuff, and then like once you get that, you can kind of grow it. You know, you can like eventually put more money into like a scale, you know, or yeah, or um, or again any sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and one yeah. of the things we talk about in well, I say we, I'm not a race car driver, but, <laughs> but in race car driving is driver mods, basically free modifications to you as a person, as the driver. And so for you as the driver of the espresso machine modifications, like you were saying, you can have the equipment that maybe is not the most expensive in the world, but if you take the time to, to delve into that knowledge of that stuff, that's mm-hmm. super helpful and you, yeah, can, yeah, you can kind of limitless uh, opportunity to scale up your quality just by your own personal mm-hmm. knowledge. Um, one thing, I, one thing that stood out in our show notes real quick was the word naked. Oh. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I admitted I wrote that. There, you man. did put that in there. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to, to touch on, I know Brandon, you had mentioned it earlier or no, maybe I don't remember who did, but the portafiller as, as, as you see on, on, on well, maybe not so much now, but on Instagram, on YouTube and those different places, you see cool portafillers, there's no spouts.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And what's, what's a spout? Well, so I guess that's a good point as well. So out of the bottom of a portafiller, typically, oh, I'm going to be dangerous with the word typical. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, you know, you have two spouts that come out, one for each a shot, you know, two shots. If you wanted to pull two shots, one spout, if you just want it to go into one cup or mm-hmm. reservoir. Um, but sometimes you see that it's cut off on the bottom or that the, um, the, the spouts have been unscrewed or taken off. Mm-hmm. Is there an advantage to that? Or is it more of a style piece or a bit of both?
2: Well, um, I think um, I'm probably wrong. Um, But the original or I guess the typical head with like the two uh, spouts in it, um, I think that that probably originally came out of like the Italian method because then you could essentially have two because I've seen um, uh, there's a cafe in Portland, um, uh, Ambrose, No. I don't remember the name of it now. Um but, but they're very Italian style and so mm-hmm. for an eight ounce cappuccino, um, they will use one shot and so you know, it's just because but then they but then but then they have that splitter. so they can so then they can utilize that to have essentially two cups of coffee out of the one and so Interesting. I don't know but, but then mm-hmm. with you know, because then like um, or like you could say you can make, like, um, a single shot macchiato with a sidecar espresso. But, um, you know, mm. but then, like, if you don't have your splitter, then, you, then you're then you kind of relegated to just having one head, you know. And so then, like, your shot is dedicated to that drink, which, right. which I think, you know, I mean, depending who you are, there are pros and cons for both. But, you know, yeah. it's just, like, I've always done it to where, um, or like, I guess like, my preferred is to have the naked, like it just looks mm. really pretty, oh, super and, but like, if you don't get it right, it, it's a little messy. Yeah. You know. It's
0: right. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, the ritual of making the coffee, which mm-hmm. is, that's a big, that's oh, a big, Yes, that's a big. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> so, settle down for the next hour <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or six. Um, for step one. Step one. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess on a basic, you know, 30,000 foot view of making coffees, well, these are all tough questions because yeah, you're they are. simplifying such a complex process yeah, and because- ritual
2: because i think for you know I, I mean like i think now that like we talk about it we could mm. seriously make like one podcast about each yes each, each section yeah mm-hmm. absolutely
0: but i guess without going into ah, i don't i, I want to go into the details but i think we don't have time to just a right. summary yeah. but yeah. the summary like when when you go up to your machine what are the things that you need in place to effectively make an espresso like as far as like you know having your grinder set up those different things what mm. are the different pieces or components um that are that need to be there and set up in order to make that coffee or to at least engage in that process
2: well oh man um uh, well um you know i mean i mean like really like it, it helps to have to have the, to have a grinder and then you have your espresso machine uh then to have your milk and then have your milk picture um your coffee and the grinder and then i guess like mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, really, like you need to like allow you, your machine to warm up. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. To um,
1: yeah. Well, and I would say to you, I find it helpful whether you're left-handed or right-handed. Mm-hmm. Just where yeah. you place your groin on the left or the right, mm-hmm. where the fridge is to open up to get the pitch and the milk out. Just where you're going to place the milk that
0: has a makes the whole process smooth. If you can just well, pull just it the er- the ergonomics of actually. Yes um yes. making the espresso are huge because time becomes a valuable asset to the coffee itself you mm-hmm. know um, right. you know if you make the milk and it's on this side then you have to go to this side and then right. pour the shot and then everything's getting cold yeah. and
2: yeah and like i think like just there is um, a general flow to making coffee and kind mm-hmm. the, the more you do it the more you get in tune with with a good flow yeah.
0: yes and brandon what is your flow when you're when you're in the groove what's your flow is it like milk coffee yeah, so I guess for
2: me, like, what I'll do, um, if I have, uh, I, 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 if I'm using a home espresso machine that has one boiler, yeah, um, then I will do my, then I will do my milk first. I mean, like, if I mean, and like, it's a given that I have my coffee dialed in, you know, and then so then true, so true. then once I have that done, then I'll do my milk, and then once I have that done, I will go ahead and either switch the boiler to do the. Uh, do the espresso or, or, um, however it's set up. Right. Um, and then from there I'll do my coffee and then while my coffee is gone, I will keep my milk alive hmm. by uh, swirling it. Um, just, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's it, it, that in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then I'll go ahead and then put it all together. Yeah. Wow.
0: And I think that's an interesting distinction as well for like, I mean, there are obviously some home espresso machines that have double boilers. So mm-hmm. you have one for your your shot, pulling shots and one for milk. But if you have a single boiler, that does change the game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as you have to plan in advance. Like, right, right. You can't just pull shots all the time. You, you know, you can't just move one to the other right. as easily. Right. Um, it, you said an interesting thing, Brandon, too. You, I think was it was the word dial in your
1: grinder. Yeah. I don't know if we would all know what that would mean. Because so, that's that's, yeah. that's another podcast in right. itself
2: almost. Well, but yeah, well, well, what are you doing there? Um, yeah, I mean, for that, like, it, it, um, you're you're essentially just trying to get your coffee to the point to where you are adjusting your grind and your dose to the point where uh, you can have a one to two ratio for about twenty four to thirty seconds. Mm. So, and like, it comes out to like sixty grams or or double the amount of espresso that you have, um, essentially. And so really, like, it's it's just trying to adjust for all of the variables, which is how old your coffee is, um, to the humidity in the air, to to your temperature of the water. I mean, you know, just, like, a slew of different variables. And so really, like, you know, and so, and then, like, it's pretty easy to, I mean, honestly, to go through a pound just trying to get, so through like a pound of coffee, just trying to get like the like perfect espresso. Which wow, I
1: can I can you, hear a home roasters going. I've only got a pound. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: So I mean, really, like I mean, like if you know, I mean, like that, like very first time that you dial it in, is mm. you're gonna use a lot of coffee, right? But then, like once you have it in and like you keep going, like it's you know, it's be like a you know, it's be like a few here and there. I mean, there right. are some days when I'm at the shop. Where it will take me about like five six tries, you know, just to get mm-hmm. it right. But then there are other days where I don't have to do anything; it's perfect. So I mean, it's just you know, it's it just all depends. Yeah,
0: and I think that the, the you had mentioned like the amount of variables that are in that also points to the importance of doing that setup mm-hmm. because, like you said, each day could be different. You know, right. Right? if you start pulling shots instantly, your coffee could taste drastically different to the day before. That's right. mm-hmm um and it's also like i would assume that when you are dialing in like your grinder with your machine you're using the same coffee that you're going to i mean no, it probably sounds simple mm-hmm. but you're using the same coffee that you're going to be making
2: right yeah because yeah, even yeah,
0: yeah. differences in beans could be huge, you oh, could huge do do different.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah and that's yeah and that could be uh, a whole other segment there's well, nothing
1: worse when you're dialing in the coffee as brendan's talking about the, is if you change your coffee mm. suddenly you've done the milk first yeah and then you start grinding the coffee and you realize well, i have not dialed as oh, a great. Wow. i've changed the coffee and oh it comes you know that comes out the the comes out within mm-hmm. like five seconds You're like, this is right. too fast right and you've, you've got to spend a half an hour to dial and again
0: guess what all your good efforts are keeping that milk alive it's died yeah it's well, dead. and and that i guess you know like if you come into the the shop in the morning, you can dial it in before people get there. Mm -hmm. But are you sometimes dialing stuff in kind of as on the fly? Like if you change coffee? Oh yeah. Almost
2: definitely. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. I I mean like, especially if you're in a shop that has, that has a cafe blend, but then also they have a single origin, then also they have a decaf, you know, and then also they have, you know, and so it could really go on. And so, I mean, at first, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, and then just like throughout the day, you are, you are adjusting for, um, for the um, humidity, you know, and like it will, you know, and like your coffee will change mm. from, from say like, um, from say like 7 a.m. to like 11 a.m. Right. There's, you know, I mean, like it will change. So you have to like adjust for, for the temperature in the air and yeah. Wow.
0: And so seasonally it's going to change oh, as well. I mean, yeah. with, Winter and summer being. Oh like, yeah,
2: yeah. Like when um, I was working in San Francisco, it was really annoying during the winter hmm. because it would be, you know, just because like um, the um, humidity would change all the time, about every hour. So wow. you almost had to change. You you almost had to like redial in your coffee every hour, oh. just because there's so much change. So it's variation. variation. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I suppose how many people in a shop, how many people you have coming through, the heat on the beers and things will right. change yeah, things up. You've got exactly. 200 people versus just one's been in right. it's going to yeah. change.
0: Yeah. And I mean there's so much in that to oh, to, yeah. to dig into uh-huh. but the other the other part to briefly touch or not the only other part <laughs> 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 but one of the other aspects is the milk and I know that um, you did some milk this morning dad and Brandon you did some milk this morning and the the temperature of that milk, I mean there's so much before mm-hmm. the temperature oh, yeah. even oh, yeah. but with a lot of coffees, what what kind of temperature range are we looking for? Like, if I stick it in there and I turn it up to two hundred degrees, you know, I'm obviously going to be burning the milk mm-hmm. at some point. Right. So, what's, I guess, what's a safe operating range for milk? Like, well, everybody's fl- it tastes yeah. is going to be different well, at some I mean, level. Yeah, but-
2: and like, you know, and like, I think like it really comes down to preference. I mean, if you're going to go like standard, um, operated procedure, um, you should turn it off at about 140 and Mm. then and then it'll rise up to like say 150 155 yeah but i mean for me personally for a cortado um for a cappuccino i really like it in like the 125 135 range just Mm. because then it brings out more of the natural sweetness in the milk you know and so well i mean if you are using um, whole milk if yeah. you're using a, a different oh, kind of milk, true. it's, it's <laughs> could you,
1: could you say something about that? That's, that's actually, I found really important whole milk versus 1% skim milk. Oh,
2: Absolutely. I, you know, I mean like it really makes all of the difference in the world because, um, because those fat contents just really help. I, I, I you know, like I haven't done a whole lot of research on that, but I mean, just from my experience though, mm. using whole milk really changes the coffee and then it really brings out a lot of the natural sweetness. Mm. Whereas like if you were to use a non-fat it would be a little bit I mean it would just be a little bit watery and just doesn't have mm. the same body and you can't really get and like at that point it becomes more so about um about the texture of um, of your coffee and so right. you want like a microphone in it. So like it's really difficult to do that with like a non fat milk, you know.
0: Yeah, and when you're steaming milk are you are you typically only using whole milk?
2: Or I, I guess I mean I mean like it. I mean, in a shop, it depends what the customer uses. But at home, True. if I have a preference, it's whole milk.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I also, I mean, we get into a whole nother episode even. But, I, <laughs> but like I think of like uh, like soy milk and yeah, almond absolutely. milk oh, right. and uh-huh. the challenges uh-huh. or advantages or disadvantages. That Oatly, all those, Oatly
1: milks are a real popular one at our uh, place yeah. right now. And, uh-huh. and that has a whole different... You know, way of steaming it it well, it, it it's 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 only oh, yeah. point is quite different
2: oh yeah well and i think in a shop um, oatly is probably the barista preferred alternative milk yeah interesting because it, because it has more so of a body of home milk mm-hmm.
0: gotcha because I, I i remember when when dad you used to use i think two percent or something for a while i was m- while. i was trying to watch uh, my weight But I didn't want to go all the way down to one percent and lower. I thought I can go in between two percent. But I remember when you upgraded to whole milk. Oh yeah, the the change is incredible. I mean, oh absolutely. Like you said, the flavor profile, Mm -hmm. the the body of it, and I Mm -hmm. think that there's so much more in a cup when you give give it that whole milk that is just oh. I decided
1: to spend an extra ten minutes on my elliptical
0: cycle (laughs) for the whole milk. Worth it. Thank you. Totally worth it. Well, and I think you know the. People's houses I go to. Not that this is what I snoop for at their house, but if you if you get milk at their house for some reason, mm-hmm. a lot of times there's not. I, I at least I at least the people's houses mm-hmm. I'm at there's not right. a lot of whole milk. Right. And if you're making coffee at home, that is, in and of itself I think is a great investment. If mm-hmm. you know if you don't have the best machine, all these different things, but you get whole milk, it's going to add so mm-hmm. much to the coffee. It's a um, pretty inexpensive way to up your. It's a cheap quality. mod.
2: Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, Exactly. It's just. Yeah. I mean. It's just more of those like cheaper mods that Mm -hmm. you can do. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. Like you know. Like I, I think really, if you were to take take two cappuccinos, given that everything is the same except for the milk, you're gonna find that the that the whole milk just has a better body and consistency to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the say non-fat on the other end of that spectrum is going to be like honestly pretty watery and it's really hard to work with and it's Mm -hmm. not fun. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's an interesting test too is like, you know, if currently you're not using whole milk, Mm -hmm. try, you know, buy a little thing of whole milk and try do a side by side Mm -hmm. comparison of that. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think sometimes when you have those side by side comparisons, you really see that difference. Like if you're only used to 2%, but then you get the whole milk all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're like, well, what have I been missing? Right? Right.
1: That, that goes into a lot of coffee stuff. I, I would call it a blind test. Mm. Whether you're testing different varieties of coffee, different countries of coffee. If you do it blind, you are going to find out which is your preferred coffee, which is your preferred milk. Right. There's a lot of yeah. things there. Doing it blind is a very helpful exercise to do. Mm. Get someone like Brandon to make it for you, and well, uh, and that's you don't the other know. thing. Right. You could always
0: go to a coffee shop that you like their coffee and ask for different kinds of milk or something like that. I mean, I would say like like you said, Brandon, whole milk's gonna mm-hmm. personally taste yeah. the best. I have a question but, for Brandon. Yes, here. go for it. Yeah,
1: is there's another question? Of this is I don't think it's on our notes, so sorry. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> There's a lot of thought about do you do a blend? Do you do an estate coffee? Is there an in between? i just wonder what your thoughts on that, because you, you have experience with these different things. Do you have a certain country you prefer? A certain process you prefer for well, an espresso? Where, where so, do you go?
2: Well, okay. Well, I, I mean, I, big question. It was. Well, okay. So, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of biases in coffee, whether I mean, because so, so um, I went to a cup in. Um, or, or, or no out to a coffee education at Roseline um and it was you know and so they had out uh all of their offerings so it's uh it was 12 different offerings and wow. you know and so like at the time that I did that my preferred coffee was a Peruvian you know and mm. so then like you know so then of course they had that on the table Ooh, hey I really like that Peruvian you know but then but but I like you know, but, like, if I were to do that again, I honestly would have kept all of the names down, you know, mm-hmm. or, like, kept all of the kinds of coffees down. So then when I just, so then when I went around, I yeah. wouldn't be affected by my bias. So, mm-hmm. a bit, I mean, like, you know, so... I think, like, a blend is really good because for the cop, for the people that come in every day want the same thing every day, a blend is perfect because mm. they can get that year after year, day after day, you know, and so then mm. that way, like, they're not affected by the harvest change, by the seasons. That's a good point. Um, I like you that. You know, and so really, like, you know, so, like, because, you know, I mean, like, anyone who who is in coffee knows that, like, when, you know, because, because it is an agricultural product Mm. some countries some regions are gonna have better years than others and so and you can just uh, substitute out like a region of that coffee with something that's kind of similar and you know and your blends really isn't going to change that much you know and so i you know i think like as you know so paul being a rooster um i think you um, have done that a lot Mm -hmm. um you know so then it's like but i you know but like i But I think like for me though, I really like working with single origin because it's just so like it it's almost extreme, you know, just like how much, you know, because like I, you know, I and like you know, it's like I really like to be able to taste the different nuances of of say like this micro lot from like Peru or like this micro lot from like Ethiopia, depending on the process, you know, it can really bring out something that just like makes your face it's really like sour and tart. Like, but then, you know, but then like, but then like you can mellow it out or, you know, and so I, I you know, I like I really like working with single origins just because they're so unique. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you almost get to
0: isolate that flavor or that not flavor, but that, that, that coffee itself. Yeah. And so any flavor you are tasting or the complexity of that flavor that you mm-hmm. can bring out mm-hmm. is, is, is just that coffee right which is kind of incredible that even in a non blend you can get a complexity of flavor with a single origin bean uh-huh and it, it, that in itself is pretty amazing yeah. yeah and it is crazy like you said year to year that can change have there been coffees for you that maybe year to year you know year 1 you like it year 2 you're like hmm something changed
2: i yeah i mean i think there's like a lot of those um you know i mean like i um I, you know i think um, Ethiopia good shops like prime is like a prime example and I, I know mm. that's like a buzz it's like a buzz coffee oh hey I want that because it's because because it's Ethiopia well I mean, there's a lot in it but you know that's that's um, a whole nother thing um <laughs> like like much of these but really like um I Actually, when I first started in coffee, what really caught my attention was uh, was uh, Guatemala antigua. It mm-hmm. really brought my attention to it and I loved it because it had like had like chocolate and strawberry and brick caramel and then like I had it the next year's like I I couldn't taste any of that. It was just interesting. It was just like a flat berry. It's like I mean it's good, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not what like brought me to love that coffee, you know.
0: Um one of the things I had questions about, some questions, was Knowing if you what you're doing is it go, if it's going wrong. What are some of the billboard things that can kind of go wrong with your with your coffee as you're extracting it through espresso?
2: Oh, there's there's a lot in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's there's really a lot in there because because I, I mean it can any it can be anything from equipment to human error. Mm. And so really, it's just trying to nail it down because like you want to you want your espresso to come out about, about the same every time. So you dial it in to say, uh, to say you are using eighteen grams of coffee, you want it to come out at thirty six grams of espresso. Mm. And so then you want that to come out at you know like whatever you have dialed it into being, I don't know from twenty four to thirty seconds. So you want mm. that to be the same every time, right? And so depending on, on like whether it comes out too, too fast, you want to adjust your grind, uh, to be uh to be more fine if it comes out too slow more coarse Mm. um but then say like you get it down somewhere it's just you know it's just not quite right you can adjust your dosage so then that way you know so so like up it up to 18.5 or like up it to 19 grams of coffee then you adjust um your your espresso output right you know and so i think there's just like really just have to play with it because you know i mean if it's more like um more like acidic you know and it's just like um it makes your face pucker like you just had a warhead, you know <laughs> yeah. and it's just like okay that's way too sour That's just right. like you know as if you really like on like the tip of your tongue and mm. almost hurts right then it's like okay and but but then like all those are, um, are the same then you want to like up your dosage of your coffee to mm. you know just sort of bit. so then you know but then if it like if it like Bites like um, horseradish and it's just in the back of your mouth. It's <laughs> <Sounds> just like <laughs> you know. Then it's like okay. Then like then I have like too much coffee, or mm. um, or like it's going too long, or something like that. And so then you can really adjust it from that. And so it's just I mean it's a lot of trial and error. I mean you know, but but I mean that's just that's, that's that part of it. But then like also like checking your tamp to make sure that 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 it's actually straight and like that it's actually level. Mm. Um, you know because because once you have channeling, which is, because because water is going to go from uh, the, or the path of least resistance, right, right, and so then like check for channeling, you know, and so it's – um, you know, so that's just like if there are any holes in uh, in your portafilter when you dose your coffee, mm. or uh, or if you have a lot of clumps, then like you then like that's a sign that you should clean your grinder. Mm. Um, you mm. know, so because it's not necessarily like that anything's wrong, but it's just a lot of clumps. And so, like, it's just getting clumped together as opposed to being evenly just, disp- uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a, a- yeah, That's one that often gets missed. It gets missed in roasting. It gets missed in, as a barista at home or at work, mm-hmm. oh, cleaning. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sort of like, oh, that's not
2: the word I want to hear. Right. I, want, <laughs> I want a good coffee, a good feeling. I don't want to have to clean my machine.
1: Right. Is that important? How often for yeah, a home machine, I, particularly? You
2: know, I mean, I would say it's very clear. Like, um, it's very important. I actually just saw, um, um, I've been meaning to get some of those myself, but uh, it's essentially those like, like balls that you can send through your grinder and then it helps clean out um, all of your birds. I um, forget exactly what it is, but like, um, you know, but like, um, it's made by the same company that makes pure calf. It's like the same label. Um, you know, so for someone who makes coffee at home or even in the shop, it really helps to do that because then it'll help clean out all of those oils in, um, in your grinder. And there's so many oils and as you know, you know, right. so, um, yeah and then like as far as like cleaning your espresso machine do something like do something like pure calf um, or gojo where it like really helps eat out um, organic materials that's like caked um all of your equipment mm. and so then that way i can keep everything clean and so i think like keeping everything clean is really important too because if yeah. you have like a dirty portafilter or um a dirty head then that will like affect because that coffee will get burnt just from the heat mm. Um, and then from there, that'll affect your – it won't be a visible factor in your espresso making. Everything will be perfect, essentially, but then it still right. just tastes bitter for some reason after you do all of your dialing in. Mm. Check to see if there's any, like, dirt up in your head or, like, you know, because that could really affect it as well.
0: Well, and that's that's an interesting point because a lot of times you don't look – well i will say for myself sure. you know you yeah. don't look up at the head necessarily right, exactly. while you're making the coffee yeah and so to check that you know it, it may not be intuitive and necessarily mm. so but sometimes you can look up there and there's there's ground coffee cleaned right. yeah. on it yeah like the whole milk another cheap modification that you know if your coffee yeah. machine is not doing great clean it yeah yeah you, you might find that that really helps and brandon when you're in the shop how often do you are they cleaning machines there
2: um, I mean, like, so we do like a deep clean once a day at, at the end of the day, but mm. I mean, like as far as like, um, a blind, uh, clean. So that's essentially putting like a blind, uh, pur- blind filter mm. um, on your, um, on your head to be able to do like a backflash, essentially that will just like flush out anything that may have gotten up in your machine. Mm. I mean, like I do that, um, we'll kind of do that, uh, during the middle of the day. Um, but as far as like, um, you know, I mean like you can like, it, it doesn't take much, you know, It mm. really didn't take much, whether that's just, uh, taking a paper towel up in your head, you know, just to get all of that coffee out, you know, just like yeah. really quickly, you know, not like, it doesn't take much time. Just, just keep wiping it until it comes clean. Yeah. And then it's perfect. you know. And like, that's really all you like, mm. um, if you're in a rush, that's all you need to do.
0: The, the minerals in your water. hmm over time can hugely impact
2: everything oh yeah i mean like i mean i mean if you look at um you know like say say you're in a place with like hard water um Mm. it's really bad and like yeah you know if you have like a spout on your fridge or like even like your shower head you can see like a calcium build up right and like you you think of you know and like if you think of that inside of your inside of your espresso machine yeah yeah that's gonna do a lot of damage over time Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're
1: going to, at the end of the day, get a bad cup of coffee. You don't right. know why. And
0: that's actually quite a simple fix. Right. And so I think back to kind of the maintenance as well as like the calcium stuff, mm. I think consistency in the maintenance is also crucial yeah, as absolutely. well. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously in the shop, you're going to be pulling lots and lots of shots mm-hmm. a day. Right. So maybe you don't have to clean every single day in your right. home machine, but consistency is yeah. huge. I
2: mean, maybe do like a deep clean in mm. like your home, in like your home machine once a week or something, depending on how yeah. you use it. I mean, but like you, I mean, like for me, I'd say like at least wipe out um, your head um, mm. at the you know you know just part of part of your cleaning routine. So then that way, like you know that the next time that you use it, you're not gonna have old coffee in your head. That's gonna affect you know mm. like what you have. I would just make it a good practice as well to wipe out mm. um, what's underneath your, your, your porter filter because you can have coffee up there yep. as well. Yeah, so.
0: As a barista, what's one thing that currently you find focusing on is really important for you? Whether that be focusing on getting better equipment or focusing on one technique during the process
2: of extraction, mm, I you know I think keeping keeping your routine consistent from mm. cup after cup. If you can get that dialed in, well, I mean, if you can keep if you can keep your technique the same mm. from cup A to cup Z then that way like you can just adjust everything else you know on that way like you don't have to focus on like oh man i have to i have to uh um i have to keep my wrist straight i have to do this if you just keep the same same good form mm. uh, then i think that will really help you out because then like as you start to adjust and you start to dial things in then like that'll really help you um, just keep your coffee more consistent and th- you know like really like And just like the key, I think, in coffee is, I mean, like unless you are like going out of your way to kind of nerd out Mm. and to play with the coffee, I think if you can keep it consistent, that'll be, that should take you really far.
0: Yeah, well, and like you're saying, if you're consistent, it takes out so many variables in that process. Yeah. Because if you're inconsistent with your process and you change the grinder but then it doesn't have the effect you were hoping it would have. It could be something in the process or the steps that you're taking. Mm-hmm. I think that's an awesome takeaway. I had one question for you as well. Okay. Yeah. What is a what is a piece of coffee tech that currently you're, you're you're kind of jazzed on or you're interested in what's like is there is there a new piece of coffee technology or an old piece of coffee yeah. technology that has got your got um, your eye?
2: You know, so uh so um I haven't gotten it yet, but uh there is Um, there is an add on to an AeroPress where it makes like a faux espresso, essentially. So like it has, so it actually has like a metal screen, like what would be on an espresso machine. Hmm. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then you get more of like a true espresso out of an Mm -hmm. AeroPress. Like, um, it's $25 on Amazon. Um, I just haven't gotten it yet. Um, but yeah but, but, but like that's something that like um, I really want to get next that's awesome yeah.
0: well thank you so much Brandon for joining us yeah, of it's been it has been awesome good conversation good. and Brandon so people can come get a coffee from you at lionheart correct in Beaverton yeah. Uh-huh. awesome yeah so we'll yeah. put a link to that as well because yeah do it because Brandon, I can attest. Brandon makes good <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Thanks of for course, having a conversation. Course. We'll have to. We'll have to have you on again.
2: Well, thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening, and we will. Uh, we'll see you next week.